Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 93 of DM Discussions, the podcast from players and DMs alike, where we cover a wide variety of topics to help you with your games. I'm your host, Ryan Reeder, and with me, as always, is my giant friend, Ben Bumhofer. How are you doing, Ben? Did you just call me fat? No, this is a giant joke, because... So so you're rather nice. tall friend. But also proportionally sized to be gi- the uh, yeah. aren't giants big? Yeah, yeah. Okay, big? okay, that works. That yeah. works. Okay. Yeah, giants, giants are big. Just, just making sure, you know. I I understand. Uh, you know, I've gained a little I bit after you. COVID. So I, no, you know, then <laughs> we all did. Yes, I know. <laughs> we all did. We all did. Yes, uh, but- I do. I knew that one. I knew that one was risky. As soon as as soon as uh. As soon as I said it. But you know what? You are always a person of good faith. So I knew that it was coming from a place of love. Um, but you know what? To continue the theme, though, I will say this is going to be a giant sized episode. Oh, God. <laughs> there, there's a reason that this is releasing two days later than we normally would. Actually, yeah, yeah. Two days later than we normally would, because um, yeah. as we kind of, you know, inferred in the last episode, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. We knew that the new unearthed unearthed arcana was going to be a lot but 77 pages yeah and we're not going to talk about all of it because we can't we are not we are going to give you the highlights yes uh of the of the classes this is a class barrage along with four subclasses per per class it's it's wild it's the 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 biggest unearthed arcana they've ever done yes it's giant you might say, oh, oh, yes, yes, I would. And, um, you know, w- once we start getting into that and everything, uh, we will just stress again, look at it for yourself as well as listen to the episode. See if things pique your interest. But uh, before we do that, I think you wanted to uh, uh, have a, a giant discussion. That's true. If you have a huge amount of curiosity uh, about the upcoming release, Big B presents Glory of the Giants then we have an overview for you because uh, Bigby <laughs> comes out here uh, pretty soon, just in the next few weeks. Yeah, I'm actually really looking forward to this. Um, you know, ever since they had that giant themed Unearthed Arcana, what, months and months ago, I'm like, yeah, this seems like it's kind of, you know, some neat stuff. And then when they finally put the preview on on this, there is a lot that's coming out in this book. And uh, to say that I'm excited for it is actually kind of a little bit of an understatement. I really didn't think that I was going to be as into this as I was like, say, Fizzbins. But with all the love and care that they're putting into this book, it, it is, you know, very much like, you know, Fizzbins was a love letter to dragons. This is definitely the same sort of thing to giants. And you might say we both have Titanic expectations. Oh, there you go. There you go. But yeah, so uh, Big Beast. Is, is coming with a bunch of new, really cool stuff. Um, one of the big things that I'm actually, one of the big things I'm going to try not to say okay, no. anymore. Uh-uh. No, we're just going with it. Okay. Great. It's everything now. All right. Uh, something that is just blown up bigger than my expectations is uh, the barbarian new path of the giant. Now this is something that's really cool. Cause you know, barbarians have a bunch of different paths that are out there. You know, they're pretty neat, but the fact that this is like, the path of the giants and you get to do something that I think is just so amazing. And that's grow to giant size. But the best part about this is that it doesn't require you to be like a Goliath or some big, you know, 
like race, you can be a gnome and then grow to giant size with your barbarian path of the giant. And this is just mind blowingly cool. I love this idea because I don't know what it is, but I really like playing like the, the small and, and you know, like, like smaller races and stuff like gnomes, Wars, halflings, halflings stuff. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Big fan of them. Big fan of them. So now that all of a sudden it's like, Oh, you're going to make fun of me. Cause I can't reach the top shelf over there. Boom. I'm, uh, you know, I'll just flick you with my finger as you fly across. But the you room. stay proportional. I love that the idea, <laughs> like the 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 image in my head of this tiny gnome getting giant, but staying proportional to gnome. So it's a giant gnome, oh, not yeah. just like a giant giant. So that uh, I, that's just such a fun picture, like in my head. And I think they've they've even got some art of like a, a halfling or something in the book Mm -hmm. with this class uh, and growing to giant size and having, you know, holding this full size barrel just, you know, over there, over their shoulder. Like it's a small (laughs) drink keg. It's, it's really, it's a really fun fantasy. Exactly. Um, And then another background that they're throwing in there is the rune carver wizard, which I know you've expressed kind of some interest in this before. Yeah, there's so, um, there's the rune knight that I played. Uh, I believe it's a fighter subclass mm-hmm. uh, that is also kind of giant adjacent where you can carve different uh, or use different runes to, to do different things uh, based on giant heritages and, and such. This is this is where and I believe there was two other subclasses in the UA, a druid one um, and yeah. maybe a wizard one that aren't included, which is a, a little disappointing because I feel like they could have done more with the player options as far as this book goes, because mm-hmm. I love the idea of like rune magic, mm-hmm. like and doing like carving the runes or drawing the runes. Um, I really love that idea and uh, having spells or other things based off of those. Yeah. I think it's something that's neat. Like if I ever do a rune carver wizard, I'll probably be just like completely tattooed up in order to, you know, cast different spells and everything. Like I, this is as close to like full metal alchemist that I can kind of picture, you know, just oh heck yeah, always having to have the, the, the circles drawn and everything for everything to work and stuff. But of course, you know, just very simplified runes compared to, you know, huge transmutation circles and stuff. But I mean, it's it's a really great idea, and I like that they're they're adding it to wizards. So it's kind of like a more like visceral feel to a spellcasting class. I, I I just think that's a really cool place to go for it. Yeah, but there's a lot more than that in this book. Be beyond, and we I think we talked about those. There's not a whole lot of player options. Yeah, there there really isn't. This yeah. is this is from what I've seen. This is far more a DM book than it is a player book. Um, you get a lot of magic items, mm-hmm. uh, including some artifacts you get. Uh, honestly, it's primarily a monster book, right? There's what is 70 some new giant themed monsters, 75 pages of monsters. It's a lot, yes. a lot of monsters, it's a lot of extra monsters. Uh, there's some really cool ones. Uh, they, they had a video kind of showing off. Uh, like more Etten's, some more like primal elemental things, mm-hmm. dinosaurs, um, various. There was a um, uh, an illithid 
giant. Yes. That's like a, absolutely and, terrifying. Yeah, yeah. It the, the art is disgusting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there's a lot of a lot of really cool, like more elemental type stuff. Uh, a lot of really cool monsters. So if you're doing a campaign that has a monster theme or a monster section or perhaps something like Storm King's Thunder, this mm -hmm. could be a book uh, that would be good for you because it also includes uh, several adventure hooks mm -hmm. and several like uh, like plot type things that you can use with some of the new monsters or in addition to uh, your current campaign. Exactly. And, um, you know, how we talked about magic items, it's just, there's a lot of giant themed ones. Um, and I, I like the description that they said, it's, um, giant made items for their little friends. So I just love the thought of like, you know, a giant just, you know, very meticulously creating a tiny sword for, for their little buddy, something along those lines, maybe something, you know, yeah. rune carved on it or something. I don't know. It's just, Oh, yeah. totally. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's going to be great. It it really seems like it's going to be, again, just chock full of so much stuff um, just, just to kind of like populate the world with more than just, okay, there's a hill giant and there there's a storm giant and over there is a fire giant. It's 75 pages of stuff. There's gun or 75 pages of just monsters. So that just fills in the world a ton more. And I am very excited about this book. Yeah. I agree. And that is coming out August 15th. So we're about a month away from the release of that. So if you're interested, uh, you can check that out. Uh, they've got it online, uh, pre-order, or of course your friendly local game store when it comes out. Yep, exactly. So with that out of the way, let's jump into this monstrously large UA. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh my gosh. Like, uh, I mean, there really is only my, one way to start, right? I got my, th my thesaurus pulled up here. <laughs> right here looking, looking for, for uh, giant adjacent words. Uh, yeah, there's, there's like, what is it? Seven classes, seven classes covered in mm -hmm. here. Yep. Four subclasses each along with uh, various other tweaks and changes. So let's dive right in. Uh, and start with the bard. Uh, bard has gotten a decent amount of changes. Um, they they said they said this UA uh, is con consider it them moving into the refinement stage. Yes, which like they said a hundred times, hundred times, so many times. Uh, you will. They they said you will try the, the you'll probably see less like wild swingy things uh, or huge you know massive changes and start seeing the more tweaks uh, except for maybe the monk because this is the first time the monk has showed up mm -hmm. in Anarch Arcana so far uh, so Bard now uh, they've changed inspiration more back to what it was except this time instead of uh, being an actual dice you add to stuff. It lets you re-roll a failed D20 test and last for an hour. What do you think? What do you think about that, Ben? So this and so instead of a 10-minute bardic die that levels up with you, mm -hmm. you instead get an inspiration. And then whenever you fail 
a roll with your d20, you can use your inspiration to re-roll that. I think that that is an interesting way to do it. Um, but I like the fact that you don't have to guess anymore. You know, and that's one of those things. I think things. that was the big reason they changed it is because a lot of, a lot of DMs would, I, I think the way it was worded, you didn't know if the bardic inspiration could help you succeed or not. Um, I, so cause I'm, there's a lot of that stuff where you basically had to, uh, roll X resource before you found out if it worked or not. Okay. So I'm, I read it differently and I'm rereading it now. And it's not that you reroll the D 20. It's that if you know, you failed, you can add the, the bardic inspiration to it, knowing you failed as opposed to guessing beforehand. So it's still the normal bardic inspiration die, like uh, a D six or eight or whatever. Um, so yeah, once within the next hour, which, which by the way, you get to hold on to it for an hour as You're opposed right. to 10 You're minutes, right. which is right. great. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's fixing the failed condition. Yes, exactly. Of, of the thing. And like I said, that's, that's a condition that I hate. It, mm -hmm. it, it flows through multiple spells. Uh, and as a DM, I have always ruled that if you can't do it, I will always tell you so you don't waste resources. On yeah, it. it's like like using uh, shield as a wizard. If if you really have no idea, you know, it, it's kind of like a no reason to use the spell. So th that's one of the reasons why I usually give the numbers whenever I, I call out things and stuff when, when I DM, because I want people to use those cool types of things. So, you know, if they know that, oh, well, it's within three, I've got a good shot of, you know, completely deflecting this or um, with Bardic Inspiration. Yeah, it, unless they know that, the, oh, I rolled a four and, you know, someone else might say, you have your Bardic Inspiration. I'm like, maybe not. You're probably not going to get to the 15 you need or whatever. So, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah. So I, I like that and like even more so again, that it, it lasts for an hour as opposed to 10 minutes because Which I do like a lot Yeah, because it's very easy. Like that 10 minutes is, it feels like it's either combat or worthless. Yeah. Pretty much type thing. Like, unless you're just there in the moment where it's like, I give you a bargaining inspiration so you can use it immediately. Yeah. It's like people trying like, to, to bless right away. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, or, or gu guidance or mm -hmm. something like that. Oh, guidance you. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> what I meant. Yeah. Not bless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Um, it, yeah. So I, I think, I think that's a, a much better implementation, mm -hmm. honestly. Definitely. And, and I, I, I like that, that change. Yeah. Very, happy. uh, they also, uh, apparently this harkens back to earlier, earlier versions of D and D instead of the arcane spell list, you actually get to pick as a bard mm -hmm. from the three spell lists that you want to use when you start out. Now you might get access to some of those other list spells later on, but as your like base spell list, you actually get to pick between like the, the primal divine and arcane lists. This so you can have a like more naturey focused bard. You could have a more religious divine holy focused bard. 
I mean, this is the perfect way to be, well, one, a cult leader if you wanted to, you know, like a religious based or, you know, look at it the entire different way. Just a very charismatic leader for, you know, a, a specific God without being a, you know, a holy warrior type, you know, whether it be a, a paladin or a cleric. You have that divine magic within you and you're able to kind of, you know, be a bard in, in a different sort of way. You know, how many times have we had to say being a bard doesn't mean you play music. You know, you could be a good orator or just, you know, someone who's great at motivational speeches. You know, like there's there's a lot of different things that you can do to be a bard, uh, you know, where performance comes in. Um, like in my campaign, our bard, she's a, a Goliath bard and she does like fire eating, like circus stuff. You know, it's like that's yeah. one of the things that she does. Yeah. And it's, it's how she does Super her performances cool. and everything. It's like, yeah, you don't have to be a singing bard. And this opens up various different ways for you to kind of really flavor it to the way that you want to play. Yeah, no, I, I, I like that the option is there. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. It's it's. What I've seen from a lot of the 2024 uh, players handbook stuff and not that they're they have gotten all of it right. Just just to preface this. Yes, <laughs> but it, it definitely feels like the goal at the very least is flexibility mm-hmm. um, and being able to do more things. And we'll, we'll end up talking about this a lot, but. Uh, a really good example, uh, just in the bard class itself, you're going to be able to trade spell slots for bardics, which is that's, great. That's going to be that's going to be a new thing. Um, counter charm is a reaction now. I love and that. This this is a huge deal because, and we're going to see this throughout all the different classes. We're going to see a lot of these actiony type things being moved into the bonus action. Mm-hmm. Or being moved into the reaction, which is I I I know we've talked about this oh, yes. multiple times on this show before. This is something that I have heavily pushed for and heavily wished for because there's a lot of stuff that to do it, you had to basically give up your entire turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for a few things, maybe that's worth it because it's such a big deal, but like counter charm lay on hands uh just there's a bunch of different stuff and like i said we'll hit uh wild shape is going to like bonus action just across the board um all this type stuff is really good because before the player's turn would be i use my action to wild shape Mm -hmm. i use my action to counter charm and then it's like i'm done I guess yeah. as a bard who has counter charm during a fight, it's it made it no fun. I'm like, okay, well, at least they're not getting charmed. That's great, but I can't do anything else except just I'm sitting here singing a song to make sure people don't get charmed. Yeehaw. Yeah. So they seem to be just as as like a as a, a rule across the board, they seem to be moving a lot of those action things that probably didn't need to be actions um, or that because they were actions basically turned that turn into something boring or caused you to not want to use those specific abilities Mm -hmm. because they would take up your turn. 
they seem to be moving those more so into the reaction slot, into the bonus action slot. Yeah. And one of the things too is, um, and I, I've kind of heard some murmuring of this here and there where um, people are looking at some of these changes and, you know, they're seeing like uh, just uh, a, as an example, um, using spell slots and turning them into, you know, bardic inspiration or, or vice versa, or whichever, whichever one it is. Um, I had someone kind of tell me, it's like, well, that's kind of like, you know, sorcerers being able to you know change sorcery points into spell slots and stuff. And I'm just like, you know, it might be similar, but it's not an, a homogenization of classes. You know, they're not trying to make all the classes be able to do the same thing. It's just giving more um, choice and more action economy to a player so that they're able to actually, you know, contribute a lot more. Now, when we're in combat as a bard, you don't really get to do a lot. You can give a, a bardic inspiration as a you know, bonus action, and then you either cast a spell or do an attack or, or you know, that's kind of about it. But you run out of those bardic inspirations pretty fast because it's based on your charisma modifier. So then you're just kind of stuck with, OK, well, I do just the one thing and being able to do more per turn makes you feel like you're helping out a lot more and that you're not like know like a second class player in a, in like an important battle or something so doing these across the board really gives everybody a chance to kind of do their utility things that actually help them shine as well as the main things that help them shine and i am all for a lot of these changes because of that yeah i i completely agree um one of the other things they've brought back to all classes is now the 20th level capstones mm -hmm. instead of epic boons which apparently they're going to be redoing or refactoring a little bit uh each class now has their 20th level capstone back uh the bards is words of creation which is pretty cool it's scary. you've mastered you've mastered the two of the prime words of creation life and death you always have power word heal and power word kill spells prepared. And when you cast either spell, you can target a second creature with the spell if it's within 10 feet of the first target. Super, super cool. That is so powerful. But I mean, level 20. So level makes 20. Sense. yeah, like this is this is the type of stuff you want to see. Level 20 capstones. Um, and not only that, they actually reworked power word heal uh, to be more like power word kill and the fact that it's ranged now that's good uh which makes a lot of sense totally makes a lot of sense uh so yeah so capstones are back that's super cool and then uh i guess the other big thing bard wise is they did get a brand new subclass like not just a reworked one uh from an old thing uh the college of dance mm -hmm. which is all about like uh movement uh very dexterity based uh you get <laughs> you get some of the I, I like Odo's irresistible dance. You get that as a, a permanent prepared spell level 14. Uh, I love uh, level uh, six level um, tandem footwork. Super cool. Uh, it lets you roll a bardic inspiration die uh, and choose a number of creatures within 60 feet of yourself up to a number equal to your charisma modifier. And each of them gains a bonus to their initiative equal to that roll. Super cool like supercharging initiative bonus, um, inspiring movement, uh, lets people, uh, you can expend a bardic inspiration and allow them to move up to half their speed as a reaction, like super, super cool stuff like that. A very movement oriented, 
a bard subclass. So it, it overall, it seems pretty cool. I, yeah. I, I liked it. Yeah. And I mean, if I remember correctly from the, uh, the new Jumanji movies, uh, isn't, uh, Ruby, one of her things is, is dance fighting. Never mind. Yes. Okay. Oh, yes, okay, yes, okay. yes, 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 yes. No, the new ones. <laughs> yes, new ones. I was yeah. thinking an, I was thinking old one. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, 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 the yeah. new ones. <laughs> and that is an incredible scene. So if you want your bard again to not be a singer, you can be a dancer. Again, some of the best inspiration is popular culture and movies. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh there is, of course, more uh, in the subclasses. Uh, the one thing I want to point out is they do have dev notes, and this is super helpful mm-hmm. uh, because they actually have a chunk of text uh, for each of the things that says what has changed. If it's something that was originally like an older subclass or something like that, and they've done tweaks and uh, tuning to it. So definitely, if you want to see at a glance what's changed, check out the dev notes above each section inside the unearthed arcana that will help kind of pinpoint. So you don't have to look up between the, <laughs> the older player's handbook and the new unearthed arcana. What actually it has helps. fully changed. It helps quite yeah. a bit. Uh, okay. Let's pop over to the cleric. Um, cleric now has a divine order at level uh, one that you get to pick one of two different ones. Uh, I believe it's more like extra can trips or heavy armor type yeah. focused. Yeah. Um, it comes down to, yeah, martial weapon proficiency and heavy armor, or, um, you know, you're kind of focusing more on spell casting. You actually get, uh, you know, an extra can trip and then also bonus to religion checks. Yep. Yep. Um, and then channel divinity at level two, uh, getting one back on a short rest and scaling to the cleric level instead of proficiency bonus. Mm-hmm. This is this is super interesting, and I feel like this is probably uh, to combat multiclassing. Yeah, like two levels into cleric, and then getting a ton of channel divinities from your proficiency bonus instead of your cleric level. So. Uh, it seems like they shifted that piece at least back into cleric level uh, to keep from <laughs> exploiting a massive amount of uh, of channel divinities with just two levels. Yeah, I'm a I'm a second level uh, war cleric. Oh, I missed. OK, now I hit. I missed. Oh, I hit again. I missed. No, I hit again. Just yep. over and yep. over and over again. <laughs> yep. Um. There's there's a few other uh, other fairly big things I wanted to I wanted to touch on. Um, a ninth level is, is something a new feature you get commune. Uh, you always have it prepared, mm-hmm. just at ninth level, and which allows you to have conversations rather than just like prayer type stuff. Yeah. So the commune spell. So there's there's a lot of uh, fun interaction. That could be done with that. Um, it's it's interesting I, as you look through the you know you have that uh, that class list like on the the cleric where you see all the first level through twentieth level you get to see all the class features, um, this different spell slots and stuff like that. Um, it seems like more and more 
they there are less blank levels Mm -hmm. or it seems like that's what they're trying to do like i would like to even see less blank levels on the cleric the cleric's got one two three four blank levels still and again those might be levels where you get an increased spell slot like a brand new like uh 15th level yeah all of them all of them 15th level you get your first eighth level spell uh 13th level you get your first you know sixth level or seventh level spell 11th level you get your first uh sixth level spell so there is that type of thing um everything but 18th yeah 18th you just get one more prepared spell which yay but you're level 18 so you know you're powerful enough that's all that matters yeah, but I, I I like to see and I hope to see more like filling in. So there's uh, no I, I think this is a great opportunity for them to not have any, quote unquote, dead levels mm-hmm. like you want each level up to provide something tangible, something meaningful. Or what's the point beyond? Oh, I have more health now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. There, there is one big change on here that I don't know how I feel about, but at the same time, I know why they changed it. Um, and that's the, the 10th level divine intervention. So you still get at the same level that you do do right now, except instead of, you know, rolling a D 100 and seeing if you get your level or lower to actually get help. Um, instead now it's, you can use or choose any divine spell that's fifth level or lower. That's not a reaction to cast. And as part of that whole same action, you cast that spell without expending a spell slot or needing any material components. So it's, it's powerful for a free spell cast on certain things. Um, so I think like, I think you can do heroes free, by this a, point. A free spell cast. That is an action. Yeah. So you could cast something like, like heroes, uh, like heroes feast or uh, raise dead or something mm-hmm. like that, that might require an hour and components in six seconds. Yeah. And like so it's incredibly powerful. It is very powerful. However, as a DM and having played a cleric, I also really like the old version of, Hey, roll a D hundred. If you're lucky, we're going to see what happens because in my campaign, my cleric uh, or the cleric in the group hit his divine intervention and it severely changed what was going to be happening. And I was actually super happy about that because it was something that, I mean, it was a cool thing that happened. It contributed big time into what was going on and I got to be creative with it. He got to be creative with kind of how he worded what he wanted. And it was, it was neat. It was a neat thing to do. But again, that relies heavily on the DM interpreting what they think that a God would be able to do in their world and also to be able to fulfill and in the, moment, the request. Yeah. So it's a big ask. It's a very, it's a very random thing for the like 90, 90, 95% of the time. You don't necessarily know when your player is going to cast divine intervention, much less hit it. Yes. Very rarely. You're talking, you're talking 10 to 20% chance mm-hmm. basically to hit divine intervention once a day. Um. So it's, as I, I totally understand where they are coming from. Oh yeah. And, and you get to use it more often because it just resets after a long rest. Yeah. 
So I, I totally, I totally understand where they're coming from this. I think in theory, it works a lot better mm -hmm. because it is a lot less stress on the DM. I think it's less fun in a way of like what you said can happen mm -hmm. what ha or what like the big moments but again those moments are also very random yes and usually very far between yeah and as your 10th level like this is my big thing that i get to do having it be so unreliable makes mm -hmm. it also not fun that way so like like yeah. you yep. know we yep. totally understand where it's coming from it's a very powerful thing now it's just you know it it, it it depends on how you use it on how much bang you get for your buck. Yeah. Pretty much. But if what you, it comes down to, if you do want that more old school style, that is the capstone essentially for cleric now, mm -hmm. uh, which is greater divine intervention. Uh, so when you use your divine intervention, you basically get to use wish mm -hmm. as a spell. Uh, and then you, if you use it, you can't divine intervention again for two D four long rest but basically they they said they wanted to use this because wish is already created it already has like the guardrails and such built around it um and it still allows you to potentially do things outside of the parameters of a normal wish spell it, it leaves that and it, it harkens back more to that I'm asking my God for a specific thing rather than using divine intervention to cast like an eight level spell. Yeah. And, and because right now in current, uh, you know, clericness, your greater divine intervention just means that it just always succeeds. So, you know, they're giving you that, that always succeeding, but again, putting the guide rails in there. So I like that change a lot. I just miss it at 10. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's it's one of those things where I agree it's better with the way they changed it, mm -hmm. but it also does make me have that small little, you know, what if that what if it happens type thing. But I think <laughs> exactly. overall, overall, it will be more interesting and fun for the player on a more regular basis. Totally agree. So this is like, you know, it's an improvement with a little sad face next to it. That's all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, that's that's the big stuff for the cleric. Um, yeah, we got to speed this up. A, There's a lot of classes to go gosh, through. I know. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, if you want to check out the cleric subclasses, the art guest. <laughs> uh, let's pop over to the druid. Uh, this one is one of the most changed from the last test uh, mm -hmm. for good reason. So we happy. may have ranted and railed <laughs> against it. Just a smidgen tiny bit, uh, just a tiny bit. Uh, they have reverted a lot of what they had done in the original UA and they're back to a much more palatable, although I still don't quite agree with it type uh landing mm -hmm. uh channel nature's gone they they change it back to just wild shape uh so it's just wild shape charges but they still have subclasses and they still have features that can use wild shape charges for not transforming into an animal yes so it's 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 still the concept that they brought in with i think it was tasha's maybe maybe a few of the older subclasses where you could spend wild shape charges 
on stuff other than turning into an animal. Um, however, so right now, the the way they changed it is Wild Shape now is a bonus action across the board. Big thumbs up. That's good. Um, that's just another one of those quality of life things. Uh, instead now of having a template, when you take a long rest, you can pick a certain number of wild shape forms for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you pick those forms, those are what you have for the day. And then after you take a long rest, you can prepare different ones if you want to. And as you level up, you gain the ability to prepare more stat blocks uh, per day. So in a lot of ways, this is good. And they, they also took away, they also took away the, the animals become a little more druid like in the fact that they do use some of your stats now. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have, you don't use the animals HP pool anymore. It's, it's all your HP pool. Um, they're, they're basically trying to cut down on druids just being ridiculous tanks once you hit a certain level and just being yeah. able to wild shape into this thing with 100 plus hit points drop out of it and then go back to another thing with a hundred plus hit points. Exactly. It's, it's understandable. It, it totally is understandable. The cool side effect of this is that now, if you do a small form like a spider or a bird or a squirrel or something, you don't get knocked out of your form after taking four hit points <laughs> yes. of damage. <laughs> so there's, there, there is some definite upsides in in how this this works now um the the reasoning behind this was basically uh we want people to be able to pick from stat blocks yes i i big agree on that stat blocks are interesting they have unique features and attributes uh all these animals have different unique things they can do a lot of that was just lost in pre pre like plants uh generic stat blocks yeah um so this is good the idea is you can have that all ready to go so you're not flipping through a book or something in the middle of combat trying to figure out what you want to turn into understandable that's understandable um i think i it does feel like you lose some flexibility to be able to adapt on the fly for kind of what you want to turn into, but it does make it more predictable for you, the player and honestly for you, the DM as well, because Mm -hmm. you can know what they have in their pocket, so to speak, as far as being able to turn into stuff and it helps for planning. So I I don't know. And what do you, what are your, what are your thoughts? No, I, I like the idea of having the flexibility of being able to turn into anything I want. Like, and this is a bad example because obviously the rules don't apply to, because it's a movie, but honor among thieves, when the Druid is escaping, uh, you know, like, you know, starts off as a fly and is spying on everything, then escapes and turns into like six or seven different animals, like in just one to the other, to the other. Like that's my ultimate. I would love to be able to, uh, to be a Druid to do that. It's a game. There's mechanics. You can't do that. Okay. I do like the idea of, you know, druids 
really knowing and understanding like a, a couple different forms. Like this is like kind of my go-to what I, what I am as opposed to, well, today I'm going to be a giant ape, but tomorrow I'm going to be a Tyrannosaur. And then the next day I'm going to be a wolf and, you know, like just constantly changing to every animal in the world. But I like the fact that they can, <laughs> but then at the same time, it's like, okay, I'm prepping stuff for the game. I want to be able to, you know, have something that can be sneaky something that can be tanky and something that can do damage. So, you know, you're kind of set with your three until you get to the, um, what level five or something like that, where you get a fourth one, then you can kind of throw another one in there. So, I mean, I see both ways of it. The fantasy of me wants it to just be constantly shifting animal to animal, which I know can't happen, but you know, having some that are like, Hey, these are my favorites and my go-tos. It kind of makes sense to me in the world for a druid to, to, you know, be an expert at certain shapes. And I know that was just a whole lot of word, like, bleh, but I yeah. hope it kind of makes oh, no, sense. No. I, I, they, it looks like, and it looks like they've, uh, loosened the restrictions up as well, because from a known forms perspective, so at second level, you get three different forms with a max CR of a quarter with no mm -hmm. fly speed. Um, but it looks like they've basically taken off the restrictions of the tiny creatures yeah. or swimming, um, uh, that sort of thing. At fourth level, you get an extra form, you know, so four with a max CR of one half with no fly speed. And then at eighth level, you know, uh, you can prepare up to five a day with a max CR of one with a fly speed. So you get that flying at, at level eight. So uh, overall, um, if this is where it lands, uh, no pun intended, uh, if this is, is this is where it, what it ends up being officially, I could live with this. Yeah. Like, honestly, I could, I could live with this. Um, I think this is, this is a very good uh, kind of middle of the road mm -hmm. type thing that still lets us have that flexibility, but reins it in a little bit to make it easier for new players, easier for DMs, uh, but still allows you to have that fantasy of the different creatures. Yeah. And I, I'm jumping ahead just a tiny bit here, but if you go with the subclass circle of the moon, it really does focus more on that wild shape and, and everything. And, and some of the things that it gives you, I, I actually really enjoy. I think it works a lot better. Of course, it, it changes your uh, maximum challenge rating to your wild shape to one. So, you know, you get a, a bit more in there, which is nice. Yeah, right um, at level three. Yeah, right at level three, which is good. And then, you know, at level six, you get even more. It's your druid level divided by three, which, you know, if you're 15, that's a, a CR five. And as a druid, that's pretty good. Um, on top of that, your AC can possibly be better than what you would be as a beast because uh, it goes with whatever's higher. So like if I ch change into a dire wolf, but as my normal druid, I'm wearing, uh, you know, like studded leather armor, I might have a higher IC or AC that way, as opposed to, you know, dire wolf has like 11 or something like that. So you can hit, you get hit a little bit harder. You gain temporary hit points instead of, you know, completely taking over the amount of health that the, the, your B shape has, you get temporary hit points based on, you know, like your level and it, there's a whole equation working out. For and that it's, it's, it's cool. Uh, I, I, I like this compromise too. Mm -hmm. Same because it, it makes the circle, the moon, still the wild shape focus class lets them have the higher AC in multiple forms, which is pretty mm -hmm. cool. 
And then when you for temporary hit points, when you assume a wild shape or form, you gain a number of temporary hit points equal to the form's hit points or three times your druid level, whichever number is lower. Yes. Um, so it, it makes it one, it does give you a little that little extra tankiness, but not overboard. And two, you cannot heal temporary hit points. Mm-hmm. So exactly. that so it kind of fixes that where you were able to heal up a form as well. So that's uh, I think that's super interesting. I think that's a great way, honestly, to balance mm-hmm. it uh, overall for something that was uh, extremely strong before. Uh, you also can cast your abjuration spells, which is cool. for circle of the moon while you're in wild shape form, which is pretty sweet. Uh, and you always have moonbeam prepared. Uh, that's and all can cast three. a spell. Yeah, yeah, this is all <laughs> level three. So that's that's super cool. Um, the and you there's even uh, some new stuff like with uh, Moonlight Step, which lets you <laughs> teleport. Cool. Yeah, super cool. Uh, lunar form, uh, which lets you move your your moonbeam with no action required. Uh, or whenever you use your Moonlight Step, you can also teleport a willing mm-hmm. creature as well. Uh, it's within 10 miss- feet of you even. Yeah, like yeah, not right, Super not right cool. next to you. That's that's a huge give. It's they. I know they talked about it a little bit in the video, but they said they really kind of honed in on like moon fantasy mm-hmm. a little bit more, uh, which is kind of cool. I do miss being able to turn into elementals. Yes, that mm-hmm. is one thing I would love to see them bring back because those are four very cool, unique forms that have cool, unique stuff with them. And that was like, as one of the special things about mm-hmm. that, right. Is being able to turn into these elementals. So I would love to see that brought back in some, some shape or form, but overall I, I am much happier with this, where they landed on this version of the exactly. Druid. This is a Druid that I would be happy to play versus the previous one that they had. Uh, there's also a brand new circle of the sea subclass that you can go check out if you, uh, want to, uh, all the subclasses have gotten some tweaks. So definitely check that out. If you are a big Druid player and you're interested in that. Yes. Uh, man, did you have something else? No, no, just again, we have a lot to cover still in 45 minutes. This is going to be a long episode. Sorry, everybody. (laughs) Uh, might just pretend you could break this up, break this up into part one and part two. Um, Monk. So uh, Monk, this is the first time we've seen redone Monk. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of their big things out of the gate was Monk damage did not scale uh, like all the other classes did. So one of the things they did right out of the gate was uh, your martial arts die now starts at a D6 and goes to a D12 That's instead great. of starting at a D4 and going to a D10. Uh, key is now discipline. So you have discipline points. Um Lots of the previous action oriented things around the monk have been moved to bonus action, which is again, super cool to see a lot of, uh, a lot of that stuff move over to, um, to the bonus action type thing. You get weapon mastery, uh, weapon mastery is, a is, has been added to monks. So you get that extra um weapon mastery stuff as well uh you still have your cool deflect missiles mm-hmm. uh but it actually gets upgraded now which is um, so cool i believe at level uh 13 it turns into deflect 
energy. Yeah. That's uh, one of which, the greatest things ever. Yeah. It allows you to use your deflect missiles feature to against ranged attacks, yeah, any deal, any damage type. So it's any spells. Range attack. You have the thrown firebolts back. Yes. Or fire. Super well, cool. Not fireballs. Cause that's a deck saving throw, but yes, no. anything that has an attack roll, mm-hmm. uh, you could potentially use this on super, super cool. Uh, it's a very, a very neat, um, neat fantasy on that. Uh, they also changed stunning strike and this is everyone knew stunning strike is going to get nerfed yeah. at some point. Um, so stunning strike has been changed to where when you hit a creature with your unarmed strike or simple weapon, you can spend one discipline point to attempt to stun it target. It has to succeed on the con saving throw or have the stun conditioned until the start of your next turn. Um, you can only use it once per turn though. Mm-hmm. You can't just go stunning strike. Okay. My second hit stunning strike, my third hit stunning strike and just try and like <laughs> yeah, just overpower. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cause it's once per turn now. So that's, that's again, that's probably the happy medium point they reached to not, to not devalue it too much and, but still allow you to have that full on stun effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just going to be slightly less common or it's going to be a lot harder for you to force <laughs> upon a creature by causing them to have to save three times a turn or four times a turn, depending on how many attacks you've got. Yeah. I mean, if you really think about it, that could wipe out all three legendary resistances on one turn for, you know, some really, really big enemy. And that just, yeah, the balance like that kind of does need to come into play. Yeah. Uh, One of the other really cool new things is at level seven called heightened metabolism. Uh, and this is super cool because if you spend at least one minute resting, you can give yourself all the benefits of a short rest, which remember your discipline points recover on a short rest. Yeah. You can only do that once per long rest. So it's just a one time thing, but it's something uh, uh, apparently they gotten a lot of feedback of. It's really easy to go through all your discipline points. Mm hmm. Super fast and then just be empty and have nothing. So now at level seven, you've got a feature to refill your tank essentially once a day uh, to get those points back. So that's, that's that's super cool because your points are used for a ton of stuff. There's a ton of stuff that you can use, uh, use your discipline points for. Um, Yeah. Especially when you start bringing subclasses into it too. I mean, Oh yeah. yeah, I'm I'm just looking through the stuff right now. Yeah. Tons Uh, tons of stuff. uh, Here's, and here's a big one too. Like uh, 10th level. This is just your 10th level self restoration through the show force of will. You can use a bonus action Mm -hmm. to remove one of the following conditions from yourself. Charm, frightened or poisoned. In addition, foregoing food and drink doesn't give you levels of exhaustion. Yeah. So as opposed again, to that's another completely taking away your turn. I mean, exactly. We've been in a game where it was actually the same, the same fight where I did counter charm and then you did the, the stillness of mind to get out of a charm. And that was our turns. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That was our turns. So yeah, that is, that's, that's very much, um, very much improved, very yeah. much improved. They also completely redid the, uh, 
the way of the four elements. It's now called the warrior of the elements. They basically everything is warrior of mm-hmm. XYZ, warrior of elements, warrior of shadow. Um, they overhauled that some for spell casting because the spell casting was very key intensive. And so now with discipline points and stuff, the costs have been reduced um, for War of the Elements, Warrior of Shadow for some of those those spells. So that's that's really good. And then, of course, like I said, Weapon Mastery, that's going to add a whole extra layer to uh, what the monk can do, along with, you know, uh, Paladin, Warrior, uh, Ranger, I believe, gets Weapon Mastery uh, as well. Yeah. And Rogue. So uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of people who can play play with weapon mastery now. And uh, one thing that I'll say that I love, and it is the dumbest change, but I'm going with it. And that is the fact that they just they just changed uh, unarmored movement to acrobatic movement because the just the change the smallest change in wording gives the person who's playing the monk kind of more of of an idea of the freedom that they can have by you know being a monk. I mean, the whole idea is, you know, you're running around, jumping, parkouring off of things, you know, flipping and being cool, you know, like like any Jackie Chan movie and Mm -hmm. the acrobatic movement, just the tiniest little word. I just like that. Like I said, it's a very stupid, small change, but I'm a fan. Yeah, I I agree. Um, So that that's uh, that's a super cool thing. They also upgraded Step of the Wind. So now if you spend a discipline point. Uh, you can take both the disengage and dash actions as a bonus action. And your jump distance is doubled for the turn. Yeah. Just more playing into monks being super, super athletic, super uh, agile. agile. Yeah. And then, of course, level 20 capstone, defy death. If you drop to zero hit points, you can spend four discipline points, roll four martial arts dice, and add the dice together, your number of hit points instead changes to the total rolled. And then each time you use this feature, after the first, the discipline point cost increases by two, and then when you finish a shorter long rest, it resets to four. This is basically just the, I will not die. Yep. <laughs> type, <laughs> type, type mindset uh, or fantasy for that. So that's, that's really cool. Um, like I said, I love that they brought the capstones back. Mm-hmm. I agree. And actually made something cool for everybody too, because previously some of them not as good as the others. Yep. Agreed. Uh, Of course, there's tons of subclass changes, uh, including basically a new subclass in warrior, the elements Uh, Mm that it's been entirely reworked. So uh, if you're interested in checking those out, definitely do so. Paladin Uh, Paladin. There's a few big things. One, uh, they get, Weapon mastery at the cost of their cantrips. Uh, (laughs) So, um, so there's weapon mastery instead of cantrips, uh, lay on hands is a bonus action. Another one of those things, uh, that was super annoying to use in combat, uh, because it took a full action to lay on hands. Now that it's a bonus action. Oh my goodness. It's going to be so much more versatile, so much more useful. Um, and I think get a lot more play just during during combat. Mm-hmm. Um, sm- this is, and the, this one is interesting. So smite has become a spell, and most of the smite spells are now paladin 
exclusive spells that you always have prepared. I don't know how I feel about this. I would almost have to play it to see how I, I felt about it. I think the, the argument was Divine Smite was always treated like a spell. Although technically, because you use a spell slot for it, right? Yes. Uh, technically, though, you could counterspell it now. Well, I think one of the big reasons is that you can use Divine Smite. There's no action involved. So there's no uh, action, bonus action, anything along those lines. So technically, by following the rules, every attack that the Paladin does, they can expend a spell slot and use Divine Smite. So if you're looking at the Paladin in my group right now, she does insane damage because, you know, every two attacks she's dumping in, you know, like a level two, level three divine smite and throwing in, you know, tons of D eights of extra radiant damage each turn. So like on one turn, you can do a good, easy 50, 60, 70 damage. If it's a spell, that means it's going to probably be like, what is it a bonus action to cast it? So then you get it once per attack. And then it's kind of nerfing the paladin a bit, but you're still using the spell slots for it. Yeah. So divine smite now. So the spell reads casting time bonus action. Yeah. Which you take immediately after hitting a target with a melee weapon or an unstrike. So it's it's still the same thing of you know you hit first, mm -hmm. and then you can pump in the divine smite without having to waste a slot if you miss for some yeah. reason. Uh, but it does mean, yes, it is only once per turn instead of being able to to do that. Uh, they did add um, they did add the extra damage back if the target is a fiend or undead, which we talked about. Mm -hmm. I'm glad glad that that was a weird thing to to take away because that is that's a very, um, I think, appropriate. I kind totally of, agree. Uh, yeah. Fantasy thing for it. But again, and because this is not a feature and a spell now, you can technically counterspell this. Yes. Yes, you can. So that's that's a super interesting like side effect of turning this into a spell. And especially now that you can only use it once per turn. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm not looking at it as counterspelling. I mean, I, one, I try not to do that to my players too often anyway, because I think that's just a jerk thing to do now. I, I used to be on the other side of that idea. But, I mean, there's so many other things that I might use my reaction for, you know, if I'm going to be counterspelling something, as opposed to here's some extra damage versus, you know, uh, teleporting away or maybe firing disintegration at me or, you know, something along those lines, you know, extra damage. That's just, you know, an extra, a couple extra D eights. I mean, if you're really going to be counterspelling that, then the rest of the things that are being thrown at you really aren't that big. Potentially, potentially, well, potentially. depends how many, it depends how many casters you've got up on the field. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm just saying, uh, not that it's not something you would necessarily do. It's just an interesting side effect mm -hmm. now that it is a spell versus a feature. Yeah, I can see that. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like you, you could leave it as a feature 
Because again, we I know we had this discussion uh, and, and probably and slightly disagreed on on the the benefits of it with the the, the wizard like scribe spell stuff and whatever mm-hmm. with it being a spell versus a feature. With uh, when something is a feature, you can improve it via either subclasses or just main class progression. When something is a spell, it's much harder to improve it beyond uh, at higher spell levels, you get extra, extra damage, right? So I feel like you could easily leave divine smite as a feature and just limit it to once per turn on, on a cast. Yeah. I mean, it is basically right now set up specifically of, Oh, if you, you know, use a higher level spell slot, then it's just more damage. So, I mean, that that's how it's improved upon. So, yeah, I mean, I, I see where you're coming from and I guess they're just trying to bake it into the, the, the action bonus action, you know, economy, as opposed to just having free actions out there. Like um, I haven't really noticed it with any other classes, but I don't think they're really tightening up a ton of like free actions, but I think in fifth edition, there aren't really a lot there to tighten up anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because because uh, with all the other smite spells, and I think the reason they change it to a spell is because all the other smite spells are, are spells, right? Yeah, uh, like sh- shining smite. Uh, it's a bonus action which you take immediately after hitting a creature with a melee weapon or an arm strike. So mm-hmm. it's it's the same type of thing of you know you hit and then you can cast it. Yeah, concentration for up to a minute and then as you hit the creature, stuff happens. And there's all sorts of cool different smite spells now that the Paladin has exclusively that you can then choose from uh, to do different things. Uh, And that's why I feel like leaving Divine Smite as a non-spell that has scaling damage to where you like, you know, for sure I can get this off. Like no one can do anything about it. I've Mm -hmm. already hit. You can't counterspell me. You can't stop me. Whereas some of the other smite spells that are actually spells, those specific ones that you're pouring extra energy into or extra magic, divine magic or whatever, those could be stopped. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that's it, it, it's a, it's a little bit of a tangent and it it's probably be okay if they leave it as a spell. But I, again, I think if it's a feature, you can improve upon it, but then you have all those other little smites off to the side if you want to do cool things. But I love the overall idea of Paladin specific smite spells and being able to, again, do more things depending on the situation. Yeah, that's but super cool. I will say that one thing that I'm not happy about with spell casting is that Paladins now can only change one spell after a long rest. So instead of you know being able to completely change their entire arsenal, it's finish the long rest you can replace one of the spells on your list and i wonder why i really don't know i don't think that makes much sense is it because like, paladins all don't the other classes can, i don't know i like them all most of the other classes can reprep spells at this point now yeah i mean that's so kind of the point I, yeah so i don't i i don't quite understand that yeah but again overall cool stuff yes the most part for the most part with with some minor things, cool stuff. That's that's kind of how this whole UA is, I think, for me, is lots of cool stuff with minor issues. 
yeah. that I have with it. Exactly. You're not going to have every single class buffed to high heaven and uh, not have anything that, you you know, that, that balances the game in there. So, yeah. Um, let's move on to the ranger. Yes. Uh, we're, we're almost through next to last class. Uh, so ranger, uh, they, uh, apparently the ranger, the new ranger was very well received. Um, there's a lot of people that really liked it. So they're, they're kind of, again, in, in tweaking mode for the ranger. Uh, they brought back, uh, deft explorer is now standard feature. Um, Hunter's Mark, uh, Concentration is back. I'm happy about that. I'm kind of happy about that, uh, but they do have a lot of Concentration spells as well, which, and Hunter's Mark was changed to only work on the first attack that hits. Uh, The damage does scale now with with spell slot level, but it, it was changed to only work on the first attack that hits. So because of that, I'm not sure that the concentration add back in was necessarily necessarily necessary. Yeah. It's, it's more in uh, line with hex now. Yeah. Um, Cause like I said, they, they do have a lot of other concentration spells. So having to constantly use it on hunter's mark because it feels like that's just your, the thing mm-hmm. <laughs> for the class. Uh, I, I would probably, especially with the limitation that it only hits on the first attack. I would, I would probably leave the concentration off. Um, but you know, that, that is what it is. That's feedback. That's feedback we can give, right? Uh, they have a new, a new level nine feature. And this is, this is the type of class I love to see. I I look at the Ranger. There's only one quote unquote dead level at 13. There's an actual, there's an actual feature in every single other thing. And that, that dead level, that's when you get your like fourth level spell for the first time. And the proficiency bonus pops up. Yeah. But it's still it's still something, right? But I yeah. I love to see that like almost no slots with nothing nothing mm-hmm. beside it. Totally agree. So the new thing is barrage. You channeling nature's might you cause your weapon to multiply and strike at creatures before you, and, and then you get to always have the conjure barrage spell prepared. And basically, conjure barrage is an instantaneous spell. Um, that each creature of your choice, you can see in a 60 foot cone has to succeed on a deck save. A creature takes five D eight force damage on a failed save or half as much on a successful one. And then you can cast it at higher level spell slots for more damage. So that's, that's super cool. That's uh, a brand new thing that they, they will have and always have prepared. And and there's really two ways to think of this. This is either you're firing a, a, a Gatling gun in an, like a cone in front of you, or you're, uh, you know, a medieval battleground firing a hail of arrows to fall in an area. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's a lot of, a lot of fun, uh, visuals that you mm-hmm. can conjure, conjure with that. Definitely. Um, they also now, uh, at level one, get, uh, weapon mastery. That's so cool. again, this is in, I believe, in place of cantrips. Uh, they get weapon mastery. So same yes. sort of deal uh, as as the paladin. Um, and same as again, the paladin, uh, when you do a long rest, that's when you get to change your spell or one spell. So same deal yeah. with them, too. Yeah. Uh, so I'd be interested to hear what the what the reasoning is behind 
behind that versus uh, unless it's just like they're half casters so they can't change as much which who knows maybe that's probably maybe that's the the reasoning i don't know maybe um, the idea of you know having a weapon like mastery as well as a spell on top of it is too much potentially potentially uh but yeah so there's the the weapon mastery um weapon mastery feature uh they redesigned the beast master subclass it's more in line with tasha's now um which basically allows you to pick from three different beast templates mm-hmm. uh which again i look at the templates and i go eh eh like each of the each of the beast templates has like one extra thing that it can do yeah and this is for 20 levels or 17 levels or whatever eh i i feel like i and i may be spoiled because and i have to shout out mcdm's beast heart like that is what a beast master ranger should be like that it is it, it granted it's a class built around the synergy of pet and and player right but at the same time it is so much better like just straight up it's it's so good uh like the synergies the different stuff you can do the leveling up and having your uh pet get cool new things other than oh it gets to attack twice now when you use your attack action to, to, and it's not even like a it can attack separately. You're still having to give up an attack action mm-hmm. for your beast to attack. Yeah. Like you can use your bonus action now to have it do stuff like you know uh, take the dash action, uh, dash disengage, dodge, or help action as a bonus action. Um, in addition, whenever the beast hits with an attack and deals force and deals damage, it can deal your choice force damage or its normal damage type. And then, you know, at level 11, you get bestial fury, which when you when uh, you command your primal companion beast to take the attack action, which gives up one of your attacks. Um, it can deal two. So, again, like it's definitely improved upon the original Beastmaster Hunter or Ranger, which is, I believe, considered one of the like weakest one of the weakest ranger uh, subclasses. But at the same time, I feel like there's a lot of fun and fantasy that's being left on the table mm-hmm. in this current iteration, especially with the beasts. Yeah, I, like, I agree with you. Your, your beast of sea, its special thing is like this binding strike. And then beast of land gets charge and beast of the sky gets flyby. That's it. Like they don't gain any extra stuff. Yeah, throughout just, level, their their armor it's class, an and extra the hit attack. Level. That's about it. It's it, it's just that's boring. It's just super boring. Yeah. Like at the very least, build into those templates. At level five, you get this thing you can do with it. At level ten, you get this thing you can do with it. Right, and each of those things by level twenty should have like four different extra things it can do that are cool or you know maybe make it so you can have it attack with your bonus action 
instead of having to give up one of your attacks. Right. Um, well, again, I'm, I'm going through and reading this and really trying to understand it because it, it does say that, um, where was that? Shoot. I just saw it in combat. The, okay. It's beat attacks on your turn. It can move and use its reaction on its own, but the only action it takes is the dodge action. Unless you take a bonus action on your turn to command it to take a different action. So you can use your bonus action to tell it to attack, and then you can use your action to give it another attack is the way that I'm kind of reading this. Well, see, so when when you go down and see what that actually does, though, it, it you can sacrifice one of your attacks when you take the attack action to command the beast to take the attack action. Yeah, so, so you can give it action an extra attack the, instead of using your own extra attack. Yeah, the, the, the bonus action is only using like the dodge help. Uh, uh, at least that's how I'm reading it is basically it can do the yeah, exceptional training. Um, let's see here. When you use your bonus action command, the prime to take an action also. Oh, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe it can do a single attack. Yeah, I, I think that's action. what it is, because and then at level seven, it can also do a dash disengage dodge or help with the bonus action yeah as a so it basically gets a bonus action at level it's seven. a little confusing yeah it's a little confusing regardless That's regardless weird. though regardless though this is a little confusing honestly like uh and i think the templates are boring Oh yeah. At level 11, the beast gets two attacks. So yeah, you can give it two attacks earlier by sacrificing one of yours. I and mean, yeah, it's, they need to make it a little more simplified and spell it out better. Yeah. I think it needs to be more clear. Like it's, it's a, a definitely a little hazy as to, as to what it is. But again, we could, we could spend a lot of time, but we still have another class to do. Yeah. yeah I, I definitely <laughs> think they, they should, I would really give the feedback to do more with the beast templates mm -hmm. as the beast master levels, whether yeah. you add those into the like seventh, 11th, 15th level things, that's three places you could improve the beast. Yeah. Right. It, it, it makes sense that it would at that at those points, because that's when, you know, you're getting that feature uh, up, update. Yep. Yep. Uh, OK. And again, Ranger has more subclasses. Check them out if that's uh, a class you like. And then finally, we're going to jump into the rogue. So the rogue has a few actually really interesting updates. Um, Sneak attack is no longer required to be used on your turn with the attack action. So you can sneak attack anytime, even like with your reaction kit, like with an opportunity of attack. Yeah. Or something this like that. That's super cool. Hugely different. That's super cool. Um, weapon mastery. Again, rogues get weapon mastery at level one, uh, which gives them will give them a lot of flexibility and uh, what they can do. Uh, they are getting steady aim as a new baseline third level feature mm -hmm. imported from Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. And that is actually super cool because with um, steady aim as a bonus action, you can give yourself advantage on your next attack roll on the current turn. Yep. You just you can only move. use this feature if you haven't moved. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
And so this gives you now a reliable-ish way to get sneak attack. You still have to hit, right? Mm-hmm. You still have to hit. But it gives you a two rolls to potentially hit and gives you a reliable way to get your sneak attack in. Yes. Which is super cool. It's very super, cool. super cool. Uh, and then it also goes well with the brand new feature at level five called cunning strike. Yes. And this is actually super cool because uh, there's more of these that are added as you level, but it, essentially at level five, you get this cunning strike feature and it lets you forego damage dice of sneak attack. When you launch sneak attack to add a different effect. So each effect has a die cost, which is the number of sneak attack damage dice you must forgo. Uh, you remove the die before rolling, and the effect occurs immediately after the attack's damage is dealt. Um, so there's like disarm. Uh, it costs 1d6 of sneak attack damage, mm-hmm. and the target must succeed on a deck saving throw or drop one item of your choice that it's holding. And it's got it's got the whole uh, DC. It's eight plus your proficiency bonus plus your dex modifier. So it's got got the DC right there. Uh, poison. You can try and poison the person. You can try and trip the person and knock them prone. You can uh, immediately after your attack, you can move up to half your speed without provoking opportunity attacks. I love stuff like that because it encourages. I, I think opportunity attacks really discourage movement. Yes, completely agree with that. Which. Uh, I've always had a love hate relationship with opportunity attacks because of that and how that can kind of constrict player movement on the battlefield or even sometimes DM movement as you try to move your stuff around. If you don't want your stuff getting hit <laughs> as they're as they're trying to move around. Yeah. But something like this is cool because then that for just one D six of damage, you can hit and then move away. Yeah. Unless you're going up against the, the, the paladin that's in your group that has the sentinel feet. Can't ever get anything to run away from her. Dang it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but over time that, that cunning strike will, will level up, um, mm-hmm. uh, level 11, you get improved cunning strike that lets you do, uh, up to two effects per thing instead of just, just one. And then at 14th level, you get devious strikes, which gives you even more things like days, knockout, obscure, which cost a lot extra uh, instead of one D six, like days uh, cost two D six of your sneak attack or knockout, which costs six D six of your sneak attack. But if they don't make that saving throw, they get knocked unconscious for a minute. Yeah, just straight up. You can walk up to the BBEG, succeed on your knockout and boom, they're out for a yeah. minute. Uh, or then obscure, which costs three d6. You strike near the target's eyes. The target has to succeed on a deck saving throw, or get blinded until the next turn. Yeah, this is so some cool, cool new rogue stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan, huge fan of the rogue stuff. Um, they they've added, I think, a lot of really fun things. Uh, one of the subclasses I know they added being able to use magic items as a bonus action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the assassin assassin yeah it was so super cool like wanda fireballs bonus action <laughs> it's so for great. that particular for that particular subclass so that's that's super cool mm-hmm. uh and then of course level 20 capstone stroke of luck 
You have an uncanny knack for succeeding when you need to. If you fail a D20 test, you can turn the roll into a 20. That's just so, so unfair and cool all at the same time. Just once, but per short rest or long rest, but super freaking cool. Yeah. It's just like I can have an instant crit when I need it once a day. Yep. Especially when you're getting that sneak attack in there. Yeah. So that's uh, an amazingly cool level 20 capstone. Um, I really, really. Like I said, I, I really, really like what they've done with the capstones and like the M boons. That's cool. I hope they come back with a different way of looking at them and maybe a little more. Um, a little more interesting reward structure, that sort of thing. Yeah, but I love I love these capstones. I love these capstones. It gives gives you more reason to try and get to 20. Completely agree with you. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right. So there's That's more, it. there's That's more spells. Now. There's more spells that have been altered. There are extra, extra things that have been, uh, done. Um, but overall that is the meat and potatoes of this UA was all the subclasses. Um, so there's more, of course, like I said, 77 pages. The survey is not out yet as of this recording. Uh, probably will be out uh, by the next time we release an episode. And of course, if so, we'll have the link to that in the show notes uh, as well. But definitely we'll have the link to this Unearthed Arcana there as well. So definitely check it out if you want to dig deeper than we went just on the base level classes. Yes. Lots to look at. Lots to see. And, uh, you know, like we've said multiple times, there's so much more than we can cover in, well, let's see, currently we're at about, uh, an hour and 21 minutes. So a lot more than that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, there's just a few things left to cover for this episode, uh, before, before we sign off. And, uh, we know this one is long, um, so what we might do this time around is just kind of go over the last few things and then cut it off there and save save our upcoming stories for next episode, which will work well because uh, I have a giant, huge uh, campaign ending, potentially probably regardless type <laughs> type session coming up as I close off my second campaign that's coming up Saturday. Uh, so it'll be, that'll be a big thing to talk about next time. Um, and kind of a little epilogue, almost lessons learned type thing. That'll be a lot of fun to go over. Mm -hmm. So, uh, can't wait for that. Uh, but before we go, uh, wizards is just releasing ridiculous amounts of books for some reason. Like we've got the, these like obelisks, the Fandelver obelisks. We've got. Big B presents. Mm -hmm. And now we have Planescape Adventures. Uh, uh, Planescape Adventures in the multiverse. Like, I think Big B's coming in August. Vandelver's coming in September. Yep. And then Planescape is coming in October. Like, what in the heck is this release schedule? Like, it's, they're all different, right? Because, like, Big B's is kind of a monster book slash 
little bit source of a rules type of. source book. Yeah. Van Delver, of course, is an adventure. And then the Planescape one has just kind of a little bit of everything. It's got the um, the uh, like source book for uh, Sigil and the Outlands. Uh, it's got a an adventure uh, and then it's got a monster book in it. So it's a it's it's one of those three packs. Yeah. And, um, you know, based off of the Planescape one or Planescape, that's what we're talking about. It's getting late <laughs> based off of the Spelljammer one. Uh, this is going to be another one of those things that, you know, introduces you to an entirely different level of play style. So I'm yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be pretty cool. And, you know, Sigil, I've never spent much time there because, you know, I'm mostly a fifth edition person. So I'm looking forward to seeing that as well as, you know, what yeah. what everything's talking about with all the plane hopping going on. Yeah, very excited to see the lore on that. Very excited to see uh, some of the, the location stuff. Uh, this this three three piece collection comes with a 96 page book. It's like a source book covers Sigil and the Outlands and all the lore and stuff. Uh, some beautiful art in the previews as well. Like really, really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Then there's a 96 page hardcover adventure set in Sigil and the Outlands, which is designed for characters levels three to 10. And here's the interesting thing with a jump to level 17. That's cool. Which, so this is, this is one of the incredibly few official tier four things. So that's actually super cool. And I'm excited to see what that actually is. If it's just like a tiny blip or if they have a whole chunk of the adventure for when you're level 17, I hope it's the latter. I'm open. And then there's also a 64 page hardcover book that has uh, stats and descriptions of the inhabitants of the outer planes. Uh, So that's their monster book, a large double sided poster map of sigil in the outlands, and then a four panel dungeon master screen in this box set. So uh, yeah, lots of official D and D releases in a very short period of time. I don't know why I don't know what the, what the reasoning behind not spreading this out a little bit more is, uh, but there you have it. So uh, get what's interesting to you, right? Yeah. yeah. I I love new places and, and grand adventure, and I'm really interested in the level 17 thing. Yeah, I am too. I'm too. I'm, it'll be, it'll be fun to look at. And then finally uh community content shout out. Uh, I wanted to shout out Home Field Advantage, a compendium of layer actions. This is a DM's Guild book. It is incredibly well done. Like it is 240 pages of uh, unique layer actions for 5e characters. And this is not just for high level things. This is for like some of the lower level stuff too. Uh, unique layer actions for uh, some of your your lower like. Hydra CR8, uh, Etten CR4, right? So there's there's a lot of really cool uh, things. It's like, this is a layer for this creature. If you oh, want to wow, run yeah. a cooler boss type encounter for your lower level players and be able to get some of that in. Uh, so it's currently 25% off on the DMs Guild through all of July. Uh, if that's something that sounds interesting to you, uh, we will have a link in the show notes if you would like to pick that up. Wow, they have layer actions for a bandit captain. I mean, 
that's really yeah, covering like, all your bases there. Yeah, it's like super cool. Like this is this is stuff that uh this is stuff that you normally wouldn't do because most official layer actions don't happen until the double digit CR range. Mm-hmm. So exactly. having like like these like slightly more epic encounters at lower levels uh, and being able to have these layer actions if they're in a bandit base or something like that or a hideout uh, is a really cool addition uh, and they're provided for you. So you don't have to make them up yourself. Exactly. Very cool. This is neat. Yeah. And so we'll again, we'll have that linked in the show notes. Uh, it's on sale for all of July. If that's something you want to pick up. And with that, whew, we did it. We yes. made it through the giant unearthed arcana. So much. Stuff. And probably one of the longest D and discussions episodes we've ever done without a guest, without a guest. Yes. There's some really long, uh, but very worthwhile guest episodes <laughs> very <laughs> as well. Um, so uh, that is going to be it for us tonight. We'll have all sorts of fun stuff to talk about next episode. But until then, Ben, why don't you tell everybody where we can be reached? You bet. Um, if you've gone through the, the uh, Unearthed Arcana and you saw some really cool stuff that we didn't cover and you want to share it and just throw it out there and make sure that we see it, you can always email us. You can send those to dndiscussions at gmail.com. Uh, on top of that, we'd love to hear about your home games and you know different stories that have happened with you. So send those emails. Love to read them. Um, now, if you're looking for us on social media, you can find DN Discussions on Twitter. That is at and discussions super easy and if you're looking for ryan uh, you can find him on twitter or blue sky uh, both are uh at tbk zord if you're looking for me i'm on twitter and blue sky at ben bumhofer uh now if you're listening to this and you're like man this is such a great show i am so glad i listened this is the first time ever well guess what we have 92 other episodes that are available on dndiscussions.com as well as on your podcast player of choice and if you're like, man, I wonder what it's like actually hearing Ben and Ryan play. Well, guess what? You can hear me play currently on plus five to hits. Uh, right now, Ryan has taken a, a little bit of a sabbatical as his character is off doing something mysterious. We have no idea what. Uh, Very but mysterious. But we're hoping that, that your character comes back soon because... Well, let's just say that I make very bad decisions when your character's not around. <laughs> It's very unfortunate for you. Yes. Uh, that being said, there should be a new episode going up of Plus 5 to Hit soon. So if you like that, check it out. Uh, DN Discussions, Plus 5 to Hit, everything. Give it reviews. Tell us what you think. And, uh, well, hope to hear from you. But that being said, uh, I am very much looking forward to these new Unearthed Arcanas actually become, or going live, as well as all the new books coming out. So until we actually get our hands on some of those new things, Ryan... I hope you have a great time and everybody else be good to each other. Take care and we'll see you soon.